good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Doc Bryant Show. I am your host, Doc Bryant, and I am here to talk about wokeness today and why wokeness won't quit. I've heard a lot of pundits lately talking about why or how these major companies like Disney, like Anheuser-Busch, um, et cetera, et cetera, and now Miller Beer, by the way. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, what what can they do to, uh, to change their fortunes, to uh, fix the financial mess that they have created for themselves? And the answer is nothing. They can do nothing. The damage that has been done to the Disney brand, to the Anheuser-Busch brand, and now to the Miller brand, and also apparently Target. Target has decided to jump in uh, full-on into the culture war on the side uh, uh, on the on the rainbow side, I'm I'm not even going to call it the rainbow side because they hijacked that. On the pride side, and this is an all-out push for them. They have they have chosen their side, and this this side choosing has been going on for you know a couple of decades now. Actually, the lines were drawn. The sides were being chosen, and this is the final battle, folks. This is the final battle for our culture right now. This is the final battle for the West. And this is a battle that is playing itself out politically, culturally, financially, and spiritually, which is where I am mostly focused. Disney. Let's take a look at each one individually. Disney. Uh, they have said that Bob Iger, who is the current head of Disney, is taking a page out of uh, David Zaslav's book. David Zaslav is the head of Warner Brothers. And David Zaslav is uh, getting rid of all of the woke content from Warner Brothers. The first thing he did when he took over was he started going through and firing a bunch of people who were responsible for creating a bunch of woke content that was costing them money. David Zaslav is about money, which is what a company is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about making a profit. And that's what David Zaslav is about, and that's what he is doing. And as a result, at least the direction of Warner Brothers has changed. Well, uh, Bob Iger, uh, it is said, is making moves in that direction the same as David Zaslav was doing. There's only one difference. As I pointed out previously, David Zaslav is focused on making money, on doing what a corporation is supposed to do. Corporation is supposed to make money for its investors. A corporation is supposed to make money for its owners. That's what a corporation is for. A corporation is not. A corporation is not for creating social change. 
like the, the left uses it. And the left has done a very good job of hijacking megacorporations and inserting former government employees, usually from, interestingly enough, the intelligence community, into the C-level suites of major corporations and through the use through that and through the use of coercion with uh, ESG linked lines of credit and uh, ESG investment corporations they manipulate major corporations into being woke this is why corporations seemingly for no rational reason go against the beliefs of the vast majority of their customers. And people, a lot of people look at what major corporations are doing in going all in on wokeness, and they're, they're thinking that's not rational. It doesn't make any sense. People are, are not using their products anymore. They're being boycotted in a lot of cases. Why do they continue down this road? Well, the reason they continue down this road is because, at least for the moment, they are being steered that way by ideologically led, uh, ideologically minded chief executives and other C level uh, executives, uh, or other, yeah, C level executives, or they're being uh, threatened and coerced by organizations like BlackRock and uh, major banks saying that, you know, uh, if you don't go woke, we're not going to invest in your company or we're going to pull our investments out of your company or we're going to shut down your line of credit. You have to have a certain ESG or environmental social governance score. For those of you who don't know, ESG is a social credit system very much like they use in communist China. It has been insidiously introduced into our market system. But still you have some chief executives like Bob Iger who are simply given over spiritually to wokeness. They fully believe in the merits of wokeness. They, they have decided that good is evil and evil is good, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter, and 180 degrees out of phase with reality. And it doesn't matter what moves Bob Iger is making at Disney. It makes no difference at all because his heart isn't in it. Any moves that he makes like the moves that he's currently talking about making are uh, decreasing the output of their content as if it's the volume of content that is the problem. He is, he's looking at what David Zaslav was doing that is bringing a certain level of success to Warner Brothers. And he's planning on mimicking it superficially 
without mimicking it substantively. So what I mean by that is, David Zaslav went through and he got rid of all the ideologically minded content creators or brought them to heel and told them that they are going to start producing content that is that the consumers want to watch, that the customers want to see, so that they'll go back to the movies and they'll watch their movies. And that's a substantive change. Bob Iger isn't talking about that. What he saw was, oh, they, they cut down their production levels. So more quality than quantity. But what Iger is thinking is less quantity is what solves the problem. Well, less quantity isn't what is solving the problem. More quality is what will solve the problem for Disney. Or what theoretically would solve the problem for Disney. However, it's too late for Disney. I am quite sure of that. Bob Iger has no intention of altering the substance of his content. So, he's going to produce less content. He is going to charge more for it. And it's still going to be ideologically driven woke garbage. So, again, he, he, it's, it's, it's funny. He's like Satan. Satan is a mimic. Satan is incapable of creating something on his own or being creative. And because Bob Iger is a part of that world, because he is so given over to the world system. He mimics his father. He is like his father. And so, he is mimicking what David Zaslav is doing with no substance to it. And this is going to continue the downslide of Disney. Now, a lot of people have said, eventually, what's going to happen is the board is going to get fed up with the losses. They're going to kick Bob Iger out. They're going to fire all of the woke chiefs. And they're going to hire all new people. They're going to clean out all of the creatives that are ideologically driven and they're going to turn Disney around. That is not going to happen. Disney is 100% all in on wokeness. The members of the board, for the most part, have been handpicked by Bob Iger himself. They are young, they are impressionable, they are controllable, and only one of them actually has stock in Disney. So, if Disney loses money, it doesn't matter to them. 
they are as isolated from the investors as, as they could possibly be. And as a result, they do not answer to the investors. And again, they don't have any financial skin in the game, so they don't care about all they care about is wokeness and pushing the agenda. The person who has been chosen to take over for Bob Iger is also currently uh, some kind of C-level person at, I believe, Adidas or Nike, one of those. And he is very ideologically driven. And Bob Iger has handpicked this guy to take over for him at Disney. Disney is not changing at all. I believe, and I've said this many times, Disney is going to crash and burn completely financially. They may still kind of exist, but they will be a shadow of what they used to be. I believe that it's going to be so bad that they're going to start selling off intellectual properties. I think the first, one of the first ones to go into the first major intellectual properties that they're going to get rid of is uh, Lucasfilm. And I think the decision on that is going to be made once Indiana Jones 5 comes out and flops, which is, is going to happen. It is certainly not. They need it to be uh, a a billion dollar or more film, and it's not going to be. It's not going to come close. I don't think, at the very best, very best, I'm thinking eight hundred million at the very best, and that might might bring them close to breaking even, but I doubt it. I think they've actually spent almost half a billion on its production. So they need it to bare minimum be a billion-dollar film, which ain't going to happen. And I really think that uh, Disney is going to start looking to sell Lucasfilm off. And that's going to be the beginning of the end. Uh, Disney has not had a profitable film in over two years. Not really profitable. I think the closest that they've come to being profitable is the Shang-Chi movie from Marvel. And when I say that, the Shang-Chi movie, how many of you out there know what I'm talking about? How many of you went out to see it? Well, there you go. I would say the vast majority of you haven't. I would say the vast majority of you don't even know who Shang-Chi is. Yeah, from Marvel. Very obscure character. I knew who he was, but that's because I read the comics back in the day. It's just like Moon Knight. I know who Moon Knight is because I used to read the comics. I used to read some fairly obscure comics from from back in the day. Uh, But anyway, and I'm, again, not a financial advisor. But if I had money in Disney, I would sell it fast. Disney's not going anywhere but down. It would take an absolute miracle to turn Disney around at this point. There was one recent attempt where an activist investor came in to try to get a seat on the board and he was rebuffed. And he was going to try to turn Disney around, but it's not going to happen. Disney is 100% in, ideologically, on this world system. On 
the being an instrument of social change, an instrument of the destruction of Western civilization. Western civilization having been built on Christian ethics. So, no, I don't see Disney uh, coming back at all. Next we have Budweiser. Bud Light. And the, the parent corporation, the Belgian company, Anheuser-Busch InBev. That's another organization that I would not suggest anybody invest in. And if you have money in it, well... And again, I'm not a social advisor, but I will tell you that social, I'm sorry, social advisor, I'm not a financial advisor, but I will tell you that financial advisors, professional financial advisors have come out and they have downgraded Anheuser-Busch's stock. Oh, and they've also downgraded Disney's stock. So both of their stocks have been downgraded. When people, people are out there, the liberals are out there, and they're going, oh, well, they can do whatever they want because they've got billions of dollars and they got billions and billions of... Well, folks, just like everything else on the left, eventually you run out of other people's money. And they're running out of other people's money. And the other people's money they are using are getting fed up with it. And they are pulling their money such that their stock has been downgraded. In the case of Disney, the stock has been downgraded to the point from a superior stock to a peer-level stock. And what that means is they are no longer outperforming their peers. As a matter of fact, Universal Studios, smelling blood in the water on the park side and the movie side, is swooping in to pick up the business, to steal the business that Disney has freely given up. In the case of InBev, their stock has been downgraded to hold, H-O-L-D, meaning if you don't have money in this company, don't buy into this company. If you have money in this company, don't sell it. We're just keeping an eye on things right now. That's what they're looking at. And finally, Coors has decided that they are going to sweep in or swoop in and take the business that Bud Light has given up. Coors has gone out. They, there was a, they put out a great commercial the other day uh, talking about how their beer has been the beer of, uh, what is it, what is it, something like uh, cowboys and smugglers and presidents, and it's just a really American, rebel, manly-type uh, commercial. And, and since the Dylan Mulvaney debacle at Bud Light, Coors' uh, market share has been increasing after this, which I believe the commercial came out yesterday, I think their, uh, uh, their, their market share is going to increase quite a bit. Especially because Miller 
decided to come in on the pride side of the war, and they created an uber-woke commercial about how women invented beer and how it was wrong of the beer industry to advertise with women in bikinis and how and I'm not kidding folks this is <laughs> you th it sounds like fiction but it's not it sounds like bad fiction it sounds like bad comedy but it's not this is true this is real Miller is doing a campaign where if you have any paper-based advertising with uh, beer advertising with women in swimsuits or bikinis or looking sexy or whatever, like in magazines, posters, uh, uh, cardboard stand-ups, whatever, they are asking people, and I'm dead serious about this, not kidding, they're asking people to send these in to them. They are going to compost them. Again, not kidding. They are going to compost them. They are going to give this compost to women brewers so that women brewers can brew good beer. I'm not kidding. This is the commercial that came out from Miller. And so we can guarantee, you can be guaranteed that Miller's market share is dropping like a freaking stone. And here's another reason why these woke companies are not going to recover. And anybody who goes woke at this point is going to do irreparable damage to their company. And the reason is... The big reason is we, the people of the United States of America, are fed up with this garbage. And we are not going to take it anymore. Q. D. Snyder. For those of you who are old, you will understand that reference. For those of you who are not, look up Twisted Sister. We are not going to put up with it anymore. We're tired of this garbage. And we have alternatives. We're making alternatives. I've already told you how Coors has taken advantage of these, these, forced, uh, these unforced errors by Bud and now Miller. And then you've got another uh, beer company, the oldest brewery in the United States, Yingling Brewery in Pennsylvania. The second that this happened with Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light, they started cranking out patriotic cans. Red, white, and blue cans, uh, camouflage cans that, that honor veterans, cans that, that celebrate the United States and what the United States really is and what the United States was supposed to be, what was founded to be, not what these woke warriors, I'm not even calling them warriors, they're not warriors, these woke weirdos 
say that the United States is, what critical theory says that the United States is. And because of this, Yingling's stock has risen 25% since the Dylan Mulvaney situation. And so I predict that you're going to be seeing a lot more of Yingling and a lot less of Budweiser because this is what's going to happen. It's already happening. It's already happening to Budweiser. They're literally, and when I say literally, I'm not using it like a millennial. They are literally giving beer away. If you're a distributor for Anheuser-Busch, they are giving beer away to you. The only problem with that is you're giving somebody something that is worthless, that nobody is buying. And so eventually, what's going to happen is Kroger, Albertsons, Tom Thumb, uh, H-E-B. I'm using all of these, you know, Texas grocery stores, but all of the grocery stores and all of the gas stations and the bars and the restaurants are going to stop purchasing Bud Light because nobody is buying it. These are the realities of the market. And as I have stated many, many times before, the major enemy, the prime enemy of the left is reality. They hate it. They hate reality. At any rate, so I think you're going to be seeing more yingling and cores in the stores and in restaurants and bars in the future. Now, a lot of people are, you, you've got those, these, these, some folks out there who look at this again, as I do from the spiritual standpoint, and they're seeing that, oh, is this the end times? Are these the end times? No, these are not the end times. These are not by, and if by end times you mean the, the tribulation, no, we are not there. I believe that this wokeness push, this push for wokeness that started in 2016-ish, it it, its roots are before that, but the real globalist woke push began in 2016. Uh, this is a, it was supposed to be, successful takeover, a successful lead into a, a globalist world system, a one world government, but it got stopped in its tracks by we the people. And now they're just digging for as, as much ground as they can get. They don't want to lose ground and they're starting to lose ground and they're not used to that situation. However, this is a dry run for that. I believe. The way that they did it, the way that they rolled it out, is the way that it will be done in the tribulation. This is a type. This is the way it will be done. This is the way they will roll out their one world government. It'll be similar to, they'll use something along the lines of COVID as an excuse to do lockdowns, as, as an excuse to control the people, as an excuse to get all the people marked in one way or another. You saw how they did it with the vaccine and the little cards and stuff like that. These people were marked. Well, 
in the case of the tribulation, it is going to be an actual physical mark. And, uh, you know, be it a QR code or, or whatever, tattooed on their hands or, or however it's going to work, uh, or a chip. So this is a type. This is what we in the Navy refer to as a shakedown cruise. They're going to lose this time. They're going to lose big this time because there is a massive revival going on all over the world. And that revival, I think, is going to put this globalist thing on ice for an extended period of time. Uh, I'm thinking no, no less than 20 years and probably around 50, possibly even 100 so we'll see. Jesus referred to the end times or the coming of the end times as like birth pangs. And as, as you know, if, if you are a woman, uh, birth pangs come more intense and closer together. And there's no question that this was a really, really big contraction, which is why I think we're close. And this might be the last big contraction before the, the final push. We'll have to see. But at any rate... Um, we are not in the end times. This, this is not the tribulation. Not, not even close. Uh, tribulation is going to be much, much worse. Now, continuing on in the vein of wokeness, I want to address a, a, an idea that's being pushed. The, uh, the face of wokeness, the transgender movement. <clears throat> and this is nothing new. I want to point that out as uh, Solomon points out, there is nothing new under the sun. I think it's Solomon. I'll have to look that up. Uh, and as uh, Jonathan Kahn, Pastor Jonathan Kahn, wrote in his book, uh, Return of the Gods, good book, good overview of the uh, spiritual warfare situation as it exists in the West. The ancient gods of Mesopotamia and eventually Babylon and etc., etc., throughout time, uh, even Greece, uh, have, uh, have always followed the same uh, destruction of a society— they are currently at work here in the United States and in the West. And one of those ancient gods or spirits of those gods is Ishtar. And Ishtar, one of the things about Ishtar is that uh, Ishtar's priests were eunuchs, or some of her priests were eunuchs. That's what the transgender movement is. They are the new version of Ishtar's eunuch class of priests. And I recently asked in one of my posts, what gender, what, what rights in the West, what rights in the United States are transgenders lacking? And I got a response from somebody on my BitChute uh, channel. And this person I do not know if this person is male or female. Be, they have the, the icon of a female, but that doesn't mean anything because they referred to themselves as transgender. 
So I don't know. And that's the only reason I am using the neutral... Or, or, you know what, I will use a neutral term for this individual. It said that it has the right to gender-affirming care. The euphemisms that the left comes up with never cease to amaze me. Gender-affirming care. It sounds so very positive, so very caring. Let me explain what that means. What that means is that a doctor, a medical professional, affirms a person's delusions about their gender. So if a male believes he is a female, this so-called doctor will affirm that person's beliefs and will, for a nominal fee or for an exorbitant fee, surgically alter that individual such that they at least have the appearance of a female. That's what gender-affirming care means. It means the mutilation of the human body by a person who does not deserve to have a license as a doctor. I have said this before, and I will say this again, because I am a medical professional myself. When I came up, and this was only 15-some, well, actually, no, I've been doing this for upwards of over 20 years now, in one form or another, but I was trained that when you have a patient who is suffering delusions, you do not go along with those delusions. Because sanity is a spectrum. A spectrum, and on the, on the poles of the spectrum are reality, and on the other side is a complete break with reality. And where you sit on that spectrum determines your sanity. But the standard for sanity is what is reality. And if you are out of touch with reality, if you have a complete break with reality, if you have no clue what reality actually is, then you, it's called a psychotic break. You are completely out of touch with reality. There are very few people that actually meet those criteria. All of us are somewhere on that particular spectrum that determines our sanity. Well, if you are a person who believes that you are a gender other than what you are, you are out of touch with reality. This is a mental health problem. But it has been turned into a health care profit. And doctors are making money off of this. And so-called therapists and counselors and social workers and psychiatrists and psychologists are making money off of this. Instead of doing what they are supposed to do, 
which is help the patient reach reality. They are affirming the patient's beliefs. Now, affirming the patient's beliefs is going to, at the very least, keep that person where they are on the mental health spectrum, which is sick. More than likely, it is going to make them much worse from a mental health perspective, which, of course, keeps them coming back to me. And all I get to tell them is, oh, you're just not trying hard enough, or people are abusing you, or people who are, people are telling you and being mean to you, and you have to be able to rise above those mean people. Or even worse, they are, by, by not affirming you, they are committing violence against you. And then we end up with the Tennessee shooter, whose manifesto has still not been released to the public, interestingly enough. These so-called health professionals, healthcare professionals, are in malpractice mode of the worst kind. If you are a surgeon and you are giving people, you are doing uh, sex change operations on people, that is malpractice of the highest order because it's not reversible. You are destroying a human being and you are, you are, you are guilty of malpractice. A hundred percent. But because these surgeries make so very much money, they are so profitable, they continue to do that. And this person who contacted me and berated me and called me all kinds of names, said that they have a right to this type of therapy. Well, no, they, no, you don't. First off, you don't have a right to any kind of health care. Health care is not a right. Something is not a right if it infringes on the rights of others. And making me, taking my money, and making me pay for your gender-affirming care violates my rights. If you want your gender-affirming care, you pay for it. I don't have to pay for it. You do not have a right to my money. So no, you don't have a right to gender-affirming care. If you have the money to do it, and you can find a doctor willing to, to commit malpractice, then by all means, TYA, go for it. Other than that, no, you don't have a right to it. Second thing, and most important here, is that your gender, who you are, who you really are, is not determined by the way you behave. It is not determined by the way that you dress. It is not determined by whether or not you wear makeup or how you wear your hair. That is not who you are. You see, you were made in the image of God specifically to be a particular individual 
and his signature is on you in such a way that you cannot alter it. Your DNA, your DNA is God's signature on you. It is his design for you. It is reality. You see, even if you get the full-on sex change done, and you get your man bits chopped off, and you get the woman bits added on, if I take a sample of your DNA, I am still going to find an X and a Y chromosome. You are still a male, and you may not, you cannot alter that. That is something that you cannot change. That is reality. And to the extent that one lives one's life in dissonance with reality, one will cause harm to oneself and to those around him. That is a fact. That is what mental health professionals should be basing their practice on. But the reason that they're not, and I covered this in a previous uh, podcast episode or maybe video, the reason that they're not is because of moral relativism. So we've gone, f but, but, but taken to an even further extreme. So we went from what is right and what is wrong is relative based on, you know, who you are and where you are and that kind of thing to there is no such thing as right and wrong. And now we've gotten to the point where you can have your own reality. Reality itself is subjective. Now, as I have pointed out, if reality is subjective, then there is no standard whatsoever for mental health. Ooh, didn't think of that, did we? There's no more standard for mental health if reality is subjective. And I go back to my story of when I was working in the emergency room and I walked in on a psychotic patient who had a mirror in one hand and a knife in the other, and he was about to start carving on his own face to release the spiders that were crawling under his skin. Now, folks, this guy truly believed that those spiders were crawling under his skin. He could really feel them. He believed with all of his heart that they were there. And if we take the American Psychiatric Association's current standard that reality is subjective, I should not have taken that knife away from that patient. I should have allowed him to carve up his own face. 
Well, that's what the APA is suggesting with transgenders, with people who are suffering from gender dysphoria. That instead of treating them, instead of helping to lead them back to reality, which is our responsibility as healthcare professionals, we should instead make money off of them, tell them that they are right and that everybody else is wrong and that they are a victim. And then, if we are a surgeon, disfigure them for life because we can make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of it. That is the definition of malpractice, and that is where the medical profession is going right now, ladies and gentlemen. That is where wokeness is going right now. But, as I have said, there is a resurgence, there is a revival going on all over the world. It is happening all over the world. Aslan is on the move. For those of you C.S. Lewis fans out there, a Christian revival is happening all over the world, and it is starting to happen here in the United States. I find it, again, ironic that one of the last places a Christian revival touches is the place that was founded to be the last bastion of Christendom. But it is happening. It is happening. Because, you see, God is reality with a capital R. Jesus himself said it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. When he said that, he was calling himself God. The way. The truth, the life. Not a way, a truth, and a life. The way, the truth, and the life. And people are waking up to this. The first thing that is actually happening for a lot of people, the secular folks, is that they are coming to the realization that wokeness just don't work. It doesn't make any sense. It is actual insanity. It is, it is again, uh, use the term correctly, it is literal insanity. Wokeness is literal insanity. And so they're like, well, I'm not going to get involved in that. And it looks like these people over here even though I'm not Christian, but it looks like, you know, these people who are keeping with Christian beliefs, their system at least works. So I'm going to go with those guys because, you know, at least they're saying they don't necessarily consider to question why Christianity works. They just go along with it because it does work. And so a lot of people are like that, but we are also seeing an increase in Christianity. Uh, the latest information on at least the United States is that there are not necessarily new converts to Christianity, but I believe that will change as well. But in places like Sub-Saharan Africa, Christianity is growing faster than the population is growing. And the population of Sub-Saharan Africa is growing faster than any population in the entire world. 
and those populations who are not Christian are starting to die off. You see, if you take the woke way, and, and I need folks to consider and start thinking why this is, but if you follow the woke way, at the very least, you are most concerned with yourself and your own success and your own wealth and your career. And so you don't have time to have a family or children or whatever. And if you do, say, if you're a woman and you do get pregnant, well, you can just abort that child so that you can concentrate on your life, your reality, your truth, um, etc., etc. And what ends up happening is, well, you don't have any kids. And if you don't have any kids, you have nobody to pass down your belief system to. And then, of course, you've got the slightly further left extreme, where if you are a homosexual, you are incapable, by definition, of creating life, of creating children. So, you're out. You're not going to have any kids. Oh, but we can adopt. Yeah, but that's not your kid. That's not your kid. You didn't produce that kid. That is not a net gain right there. That's a swap. Okay, and then we get to the really, really extreme where we go to the eunuchs, Ishtar's eunuchs, the transgenders, because they, who have gotten all the way. Not like Dylan Mulvaney, who is, who is a hack. He's a, he's, a, he's a pretender. He's a poser. He is not a real transgender. He's a dude who dresses up like a chick and acts like a chick. He is not a real transgender. But if you are a real transgender, if you go through the whole thing and you get all of your you know, bits chopped off and, and parts added on and, and the, the whole remodel... Uh, you are obviously, by definition, also incapable of having children. So if you're on the left, you're either murdering your children or simply not having them. Granted, you can steal other people's children, but you can't have any of your own. Why is that? I'm not talking about the mechanicals, the mechanics of the situation. We already discussed that. But why is it that a pillar of existence, of wokeness, of leftness, of liberalism, whatever you want to call it, is no children? Well, folks, that's because Satan hates humans. He hates us because we were created in God's image, and so he wants to destroy us. He either wants to, he wants to take us as far away from God as he can. So if he can make it, if he can only take us far enough to just focus on ourselves and not anybody else and be completely selfish such that we die alone, then he's one. If he can get us to focus on ourselves and our own pleasure such that we, uh, experiment sexually and have no interest in children, just want the sex, and, and actually end up killing our children, well, then he's one. 
And if he can get us to mutilate ourselves to the point where we're incapable of having children, well, then he's won. There are so many people out there who have this concept in their heads that Satan is the fun one and God is some kind of killjoy. And I want to be on the fun side. Satan wants me to have fun. Well, Satan doesn't care about you. He actually hates you. And he wants you dead. That's what he wants. And if it takes letting you have a bunch of fun to get there, then that's what he's going to do. Hedonism, which is the philosophy that says that personal pleasure is the greatest good. The pursuit of pleasure is the greatest good. Hedonism always leads to nihilism. Nihilism is the belief that life is pointless and that nothing is worth anything. And nihilism if left unchecked, eventually leads to death. This is the way of the left. This is the way of wokeness. This is the way of liberalism. This is the way of Satan. And this is what Satan wants for you. He has. He's the Baskin-Robbins of fun. He has uh, any number of flavors of pleasure to lead you astray. And he's had over 6,000 years of experience leading people astray. But all he wants out of you is dead. He wants to take as many humans with him to hell as he can. That is his goal. And that is the entire point of his world system. God, on the other hand, loves you. He created you special, individual, to have an individual relationship with him the way a child has a relationship with a loving father. He created you for a purpose. So it would behoove you to A, find out who he is and have a relationship with him and B, find out what his purpose for you is. Because I promise you, whatever that purpose is, it is going to bring you true happiness, real happiness. Anyway, folks, that's the show for today. I want to thank you for listening and or watching. This is podcast episode 232, if I remember correctly. That's uh, season two, episode 32. Uh, I could be wrong, though. Anyway, I frequently am. Ask my wife. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share this out there to your friends and family. And you can catch my videos on bitshoot.com, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E.com, odyssey.com, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, and rumble.com. 
and my podcast is available wherever podcasts are available, pretty much, except for Apple, because I will not fill out their paperwork. Once again, folks, thank you for watching, and I will talk to you all later.